Turn with us, if you would, Exodus chapter number 40. Exodus chapter number 40. We are studying the matter of the wisdom of work. We have looked at the work of the blood of Christ that, of course, gives us remission of sin and redeems our soul, provides us a relationship with the Savior, and it promises us a reward still in store. And I want you to keep that in your mind because we're going to think about that a little bit uh, this morning as well. But uh, we also considered the beginning work of God, Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And last week we focused on the burdensome work. Exodus 5 and verse 9. Let their more work be laid upon the men. And verse 11, yet not aught of your work shall be diminished. And I, I want to remind us today, uh, when life's burdens multiply, get in the yoke with the burden bearer. Matthew chapter 11, remember, verses 28 through 30, Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Well, this morning, I want us to think about part number three of our study, and it's this, the beautiful blueprint of work. The beautiful blueprint of work. A blueprint is a guide for making something. It's a plan. It's a pattern. And it provides the instructions for constructing a finished product. Look with me, Exodus chapter 40, uh, verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, On the first day of the first month shalt thou set up the tabernacle of the tent of the congregation. Now you see, the Lord is speaking to Moses here. Now look with me at verse number 16. Thus did Moses... According to all that the Lord commanded him, so did he. And it came to pass in the first month in the second year, on the first day of the month, that the tabernacle was reared up. And Moses reared up the tabernacle and fastened his sockets and set up the boards thereof and put in the bars thereof and reared up his pillars. And he spread abroad the tent over the tabernacle and put the covering of the tent above upon it as the Lord commanded Moses, and he took and put the testimony into the ark and set the staves on the ark and put the mercy seat above on the, upon the ark. And he brought the ark into the tabernacle and set up the veil of the covering and covered the ark of the testimony as the Lord commanded Moses. And he put the table in the tent of the congregation upon the side of the tabernacle northward without the veil. And he set the bread in order upon it before the Lord as the Lord had commanded Moses. And he put the candlestick in the tent of the congregation over against the table on the side of the tabernacle southward. And he lighted the lamps before the Lord as the Lord commanded Moses. And he put the golden altar in the tent of the congregation before the veil, and he burnt sweet incense thereon as the Lord commanded Moses. And he set up the hanging at the door of the tabernacle, and he put the altar of burnt offering by the door of the tabernacle of the tent of the congregation, and offered upon it the burnt offering and the meat offering as the Lord commanded Moses. And he set the laver between the tent of the congregation and the altar and put water there to wash withal. And Moses and Aaron and his sons washed their hands and their feet thereat. 
When they went into the tent of the congregation and when they came near unto the altar, they washed as the Lord commanded Moses. And he reared up the court round about the tabernacle and the altar and set up the hanging of the court gate. So Moses finished the work. Boy, that was a lot of reading there, wasn't it? That was a lengthy blueprint there, wasn't it? And it repeats those... Uh, the details about the tabernacle repeat uh, through the Word of God. How many of you have ever uh, come, maybe you've been in your uh, daily Bible reading plan and, and as you're reading through the Old Testament, you're like, why in the world does God keep repeating all of the details of this tabernacle? Because it's a beautiful blueprint of work. And we're going to talk about that this morning, but I want you to know Moses was diligent to do. Now you might as well just uh, relax and listen for a moment. I'm going to bombard you with information. You ready to drink out of a fire hose? We'll get to the message, but we're going we're to lay the foundation here. I want you to see Moses was diligent to do all that God designed and dictated. Verse 33 says, "So Moses finished the work." Now. Moses didn't do it his way. Moses did it God's way. Verse 16, Thus did Moses, according to all that the Lord commanded him, so did he. Now, here's an interesting fact for you. You can go home later and you can read through this and study it out for yourself. But the interesting fact in verses 3 through 15 of Exodus chapter 40, there are 13 instructions. Each verse begins, and thou shalt. And in verses 18 through 30, we read those. There are 13 corresponding actions for each instruction and Moses reared and he spread and he took and he brought and he put and he set and he put and he lighted and he put and he burnt and he set up and he put and he set but there's more God didn't just tell Moses to do something and leave Moses to do it however Moses chose to do it hold your place here turn back to Exodus chapter 25 You thought we read a lot this morning. Turn back to Exodus chapter 25. Exodus 25, verse number 1. You're in the same book. It's just a few pages. (laughs) Exodus 25. Some of you are figuring out how to count backwards this morning. Exodus 25, verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses. Verse 8. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Verse 9. According to all that I show thee after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof, even so shall ye make it. And from Exodus 25 to our text in Exodus 40, God gives Moses the tabernacle blueprint in exquisite and exact beauty down to the most minute detail. Every measurement, 
and every material meticulously planned. Turn back to Exodus chapter 40. The tabernacle and tent were prepared and placed by God's blueprint. Verse 19, as the Lord commanded Moses. The ark and the veil were prepared and placed by God's blueprint. Verse 21, as the Lord commanded Moses. The table and the bread were prepared and placed by God's blueprint. Verse 23, as the Lord commanded Moses. Uh, The candlestick and the oil were prepared and placed by God's blueprint. Verse 25, as the Lord commanded Moses. The altar of incense was prepared and placed by God's blueprint. Verse 27, as the Lord commanded Moses. The laver of washing was prepared and placed by God's blueprint. Verse 32, as the Lord uh, commanded Moses. Finally, the outer court was prepared and placed by God's God's blueprint. Then the work was finished. Verse 33. So Moses finished the work. Now, you must pay attention to the order and the detail of the work here. Hold your place in Exodus chapter 40 and turn to Hebrews chapter number 8. You say, preacher, we are all over the place this morning. Exactly. And I want to show you something as soon as we read Hebrews chapter number 8. Hebrews chapter number 8. Everything we have talked about to this point this morning, uh, the work now of the tabernacle was patterned, provided, and performed from God to man. From the mercy seat to the multitude. From the inside out so that those on the outside could go in. From heaven to earth so that man could approach God. Hebrews chapter 8, look with me, verse number 1. Now of the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. We have such an high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched and not man. For every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices, whereof it is of necessity that this man have somewhat also to offer. For if he were on earth, he should not be a priest, seeing that there are priests that offer gifts according to the law, who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern showed to thee in the mount. Now what I want you to understand today, approaching God is not a matter of man's doing, but of God's design. It was envisioned by God. It was established by God. And it is effective because of God. And I want you to see why that's so important. Turn back to Exodus chapter 40. Turn back to Exodus chapter 40. Is this where I make the snide comment that this is more action that your Bible's seen in a long time? I hope that be not be the case. Exodus chapter 40. Now, we read verse 1. We read 
verses 18 through 33. We saw in verse 33 that Moses finished the work according now as God commanded, as God gave the pattern. Now look with me, Exodus chapter 40 and verse 34. What is the first word? Then. That is so important. So Moses finished the work as God gave him to do. Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Notice the finishing work came before the filling wonder. Give you four things really quick. This is not the message, but just getting our mind in that place. I want you to see there was a full desire. Verse 16 of Exodus 40 says, according to all that the Lord commanded him. Not a little bit, not some of it, not most of it, according to all that the Lord commanded him. Not only was there a full desire, there was a faithful diligence. Verse 16, so did he. In verse 33, so Moses finished. There was a full desire and a faithful diligence, but there was also a fruitful delight. Verse 34, we read, the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Now here it comes. There was a full desire. There was a faithful diligence. There was a fruitful delight. And now there was a fantastic discovery. Look at verse 35. Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode thereon and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Do you see the beauty here? The tabernacle is where God dwells. And when God totally fills the tabernacle, there's truly no room for self. He must increase. I must decrease. It's not my work. It's His work. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 22, in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Now, let me show you how God's blueprint in Exodus chapter 40 was a picture and a pattern for more beautiful things to come. The tabernacle in its design and in its description represents the attributes of Christ. The tabernacle pictures our approach to God through the finished work of Christ. The tabernacle is a visual model of Christ's vicarious and victorious means for our atonement and our redemption. And remember, God showed us His work from the inside out so that those on the outside could go in. So we're going to go back to Exodus 40 and we're going to walk from the finish back to the start. And I want you to see the beauty of God's blueprint unfold. 
And I'm going to go ahead and tell you this now uh, before I forget to tell you at the end. As we look at the elements, you say, well, what's the big significance of the tabernacle? Well, I- I've told you this before. Uh, if you will go and look how where God said to place the tabernacle and where the children of Israel were to camp around the tabernacle, you would find just by the numbers uh, that the camps and the tabernacle at the center formed a giant cross in the middle of the wilderness. And the cross went with them through the wilderness. But it gets even better because as you go into the tabernacle, as you look at the arrangement of the furniture of the tabernacle, you'll find that they're laid out in the pattern of a cross. Everything we see about the tabernacle points to Christ. It's a beautiful blueprint of work. Not your work, not my work. God's work. So let me give you some... Uh, some things this morning as we walk from the finish or from the outside of the tabernacle into now the holy of holies. Number one, I want you to notice the anointing of the high priest. The anointing of the high priest. It's in this that we see the truth that Jesus is the vine. Verse 13 Exodus chapter 40 and verse 13, And thou shalt put upon Aaron the holy garments, and anoint him, and sanctify him, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. Do I have to remind you this morning, Jesus is our great high priest. Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 1, We have such an high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched and not man. Remember, the tabernacle that uh, God gave the pattern of uh, to Moses was just a earthly representation of the heavenly. John 15 and verse 5, Jesus says, I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Oh, so we see at the start, there had to be the anointing of the high priest. Jesus is the vine. But number two, I want you to notice the gate of the outer court. The gate of the outer court where we see Jesus is the way. Verse number 8, And thou shalt set up the court round about and hang up the hanging at the court gate. Notice, there was only one way in. The verse says the gate, not gates. Can I tell you today, Jesus is the one and only way. John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Oh, so the high priest was anointed. And then there's the gate of the outer court. And as you step through that gate, we come to number three, the laver of washing. The laver of washing. We find Jesus is the living water. Verse 7, set the laver between the tent of the congregation and the altar and shalt put water therein. So you got to come through the gate of the outer court. 
And as you come through the gate, the first thing you come to is the laver. Jesus is the living water. John chapter 4 and verse 10, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it was that, or who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him and he would have given thee living water. Verse 14 of John 4, Whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Verse 26, Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. He is the living water. He is the vine. He is the way. Number four. The next thing you come to is the altar of burnt offering. The altar of burnt offering. Verse 6, Set the altar of the burnt offering before the door of the tabernacle of the tent of the congregation. So you have the gate to the outer court and as you walk in, there's the laver for washing. And as you walk, uh, as you now walk past that laver, you come next to, uh, as you're approaching now the inner tabernacle, you come next to the altar of burnt offering. Can I tell you this morning, Jesus is the shepherd that sacrificed his life for the sheep. John chapter 10 and verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. John chapter 1 and verse 29, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Revelation 13 and verse 8 tells us that he is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Oh, he is now, uh, he is the vine and he is the way and he is the living water and he is the lamb. Number five. Now we come to the door of the tabernacle. Do I have to say it? Jesus is the door. Verse 5, put the hanging of the door to the tabernacle. And again, Jesus is the one and only door. John chapter 10 and verse 7, Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. John 10 and verse 9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. Oh, but it starts to really, really get better. You say, can it get better? Yeah, we're not in the Holy of Holies yet. So we have the anointing of the high priest and we have the gate of the outer court and we have the laver of washing and we have the altar of burnt offering and we have the door of the tabernacle. And as you go into that door, there are a couple of things A few things that you see. Number six, I want you to notice the altar of incense. The altar of incense. Verse number five, set the altar of gold for the incense before the ark of the testimony. I want you to know today, Jesus is our intercessor. Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 25, Wherefore He is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by Him, seeing He ever liveth to make intercession for them. 
You understand the altar of incense was there to put now this uh, compound of spices that uh, God had given them the instructions to make that it would rise up and it would be a sweet savor, the Bible says, in the nostrils of God. Do you understand today that Jesus is our intercessor? It's His sweetness uh, to the Father as He intercedes for you and He intercedes for me. John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17, And I will pray the Father, and He shall give you another Comforter, that He may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth Him not, neither knoweth Him, but ye know Him, for He dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I don't know about you, but it excites me as every footstep into and through the tabernacle is just one step with Christ. And what He's done for you and for me. Oh, let me give you number seven. The candlestick. The candlestick. Verse four. Bring in the candlestick and light the lamps thereof. If you've been paying attention, you'll notice as our point numbers, as our numbers increase, the verse numbers decrease because we're stepping from the outside back to where God started. The candlestick. Bring in the candlestick and light the lamps thereof. Jesus, friends, is the light of the world. John chapter 8 and verse 12, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Do you understand? There were no lights. See, the outer court was just walls. There was no roof. But when you went into the tabernacle, which is separated into two portions, when you walked into that tabernacle, when you walked uh, through that outer veil, there weren't any windows. So there had to be light. Jesus is our light. John 1 verse 4, In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. There's one more piece of furniture that's in the first section of the tabernacle, in the holy place. And it's the table of showbread, number eight. The table of showbread. Verse number four, bring in the table and set in order the things that are to be set in order upon it. Jesus is the bread of life. John 6 and verse 35, Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. Boy, that's good, isn't it? But we're not done. Number nine. Now we come to the veil of the holiest. We come now to that part of the tabernacle that is the Holy of Holies. And to go into the Holy of Holies, you have to go through that inner veil. The veil to the holiest, verse number 3, cover the ark with the veil. 
I want you to know Jesus is the veil, and through Christ we now have access. John chapter 1 and verse 14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 and 20. Oh boy. Hebrews chapter number... If this isn't hitting you, boy, it's this smacking me all over the head. And the heart and the feet and the hands... I'm, I'm, I'm about to get excited. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 and 20. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which He hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, His flesh. Well, what's left? We have gone now from the gate to the outer court to the laver of washing to the altar of burnt offering. We have come to the the door of the tabernacle. We've come to the altar of incense. We've come to the candlestick. We've come to the table of showbread. And now the veil to the holiest. And as you step inside... Number 10, the ark of the testimony. The ark of the testimony. Verse 3, put therein the ark of the testimony. Jesus is not just the Word. He's the living Word. John 1 and verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John chapter 8 and verse 24, Jesus says, I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins, for if ye believe not that I am He, shall die in your sins. Now all this is good, and all this is great. But you know, if you stop there, All you've done is followed a ritual and you've not yet seen redemption. Because there's one more item that moves this from ritual to redemption. Number 11, the mercy seat. The mercy seat. Verse 20 says, put the mercy seat above upon the ark. It is upon this mercy seat that the blood was applied. And it's the blood of Christ which brings us mercy. John chapter 8 and verse 28. Then said Jesus unto them, when ye have lifted up the Son of Man... Then shall ye know that I am He. You notice that? The mercy seat, it wasn't on the ground. It was lifted up. And the blood was applied. Jesus paid our debt. Hebrews chapter 9 
verses 11 and 12. But Christ, being come and high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by His own blood, He entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Now I want you to think about it. Hebrews chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. I want you to hear this. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these. But the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, the beautiful blueprint, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. From start to finish, The picture is Christ. The path is Christ. The possessor is Christ. The purity is Christ. The provider is Christ. That's the beautiful blueprint. Oh, this tabernacle that you've read about and read about and read about and said, well, it's just a tent that walked through the wilderness. No, friend. It was the dwelling place of God. Access through the blood. Jesus. He fulfills every element, every aspect. And oh, friends, we don't have time. I can tell you, every skin that was picked has a meaning. Every order that the skins were placed in has a meaning. Every color that was used has a meaning. Every metal that was used has a meaning. And they were placed in just the right place, done down to the minorest, most minor of detail. There was no close enough for government work. It was done God's way. Why? Because He is the only way. As we think of the beautiful blueprint of His work, I want to read to you some verses. I'll ask you a question and we'll be done. John chapter number 11, verses 25 through 27. Oh, I've met people who've told me before, you know, the cross never shows up until the New Testament. I'm like, the cross walked through the wilderness. The cross was in the tabernacle. Why? Because God saves sinners the same way He's always saved sinners. By grace, through faith, in His work. John chapter 11, verse 25, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in Me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in Me shall never die. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, 
I believe that Thou art the Christ, the Son of God. Here's the question for you today. Do you truly believe? There's only one way. His name's Jesus. He loves you so much that He died on a cruel cross in your place and in mine and shed His sinless, perfect blood to atone for your sin. He was buried in a borrowed tomb and three days later He rose again. Some time after that and He ascended back to heaven where He now sits in heaven's tabernacle. And He's coming again soon to claim His own. All through the Word of God, as we look at this word work, we find God has always been and still is today at work. If you're here today and lost, I cannot urge you enough. So we talked about in our Sunday school class some things about the rapture. It is next on God's timeline. Friend, whatever you believe is fine, but the truth remains. Jesus is coming. Are you ready? Do you believe? You can today. There's no reason to walk out of this place lost. All that Christ is and all that He has done and all you have to do is put your faith and trust in Him and Him alone. Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. Our heads are bowed. We'll pray.